0: Okay, let's start with a little game, shall we? Um, This is a (laughs) quiz, Keeley, to test your astrological intuition. Oh! Um, So it's a little game I like to call Bumble Bios. (laughs) Oh yes, I've been waiting for this.
1: (laughs) Welcome to the fifth element
0: a podcast for people seeking intimate connection with their innermost self through holistic healing cosmic consciousness and radical rebirth we hope each episode is an opportunity for listeners to join the collective journey towards intuition and integration so if um you don't know already Bumble has this filter where you can see people's astrological sun sign Uh and you know as I'm bored you know swiping sometimes I just can't help but laugh out loud at the on brandness of people's <laughs> bios with their sun sign. So I'm just going to read some and see if you agree um, or see if you can guess what their sun sign is based on their bio. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. So, um, all right, let's start <laughs> with. Okay, here we go. um wait I'm trying to get a good one okay made a bumble to meet new people make new friends and possibly more open to new and exciting things and I try to experience life to the fullest into going to park concerts theme parks traveling and currently looking for someone to join me for happy hour in the dog park with my two pups (sighs) wow I mean so many things come to mind yeah let me know if you want me to read it again Well, can you give me like choices? Well, I'll give you a few key lines. So open to new and exciting things, Uh experience life to the fullest. Yeah. And concerts, theme parks, and traveling. Yeah, those were the ones that stood out
1: initially. Okay.
0: What's your guess? My guess is
1: Sagittarius.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Okay, good. That was my initial—that was my astrological intuition.
0: Good. Yeah, yeah. This is a test. Like you gotta, you gotta, um, you gotta trust that. Okay, mm-hmm. and maybe, maybe we'll give, you know, to our listeners. Why did you say Sagittarius? Like, what's Sagittarius mean to you?
1: Well, there was talk of travel, um, mm-hmm. and Sagittarius is associated with long-term travel. Um, Sagittarius also is ruled by Jupiter, the planet of expansion. So there. Sagittarians are all about like experiencing things and living life to the fullest. Literally, it says it right there.
0: And, mm-hmm. um, I
1: mean, those are the main things. Yes. yes.
0: Okay. This next one, um, I'm going to say the F word. So if there are little words, little ears around <laughs> cover the ears. Um, but you know, I think it's telling for this sun song. I already have a guess. <laughs> okay. Here we but go. go. ahead. Here's my elevator pitch. I'm dope as fuck. I think that's concise enough. Open to critiques, of course. <laughs> wow.
1: Okay. My initial thought yes. was Aries or Scorpio. Yes, Aries. Aries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then <laughs> okay. when it was like that short, brief line and like the like bold statement, the swearing, like,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Aries, first time of the zodiac, just like always straight to the <laughs> point. That's them. Wow.
0: Okay. You're. You're two for two and you're doing amazing. Wow, this is great. I'm so relieved. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Souls recognize each other by vibes, not appearances. (laughs) First, let's go with element. What element would say this? Souls recognize each other by vibes, not appearances. Oh. Well, we know it's not an air sign because we're both disgusted. (laughs) probably not a fire okay. sign at that
1: okay well hmm. this uh, it could go either way uh, yeah maybe not a okay. water sign follow I'm the intuition earth sign no see it was no. going back and forth on earth sign because i was like oh they would be they would care about appearances
0: right but vibes just seems too harsh souls for a recognize each other by vibes it's a water sign it's a water sign hmm Okay. Why are we making these faces?
1: I don't know. I'm gonna go with Scorpio.
0: Pisces. Really? Yeah. I don't don't know. know. It It just still seems like me.
1: Really? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) I don't usually find Pisces like cringe. Maybe I do. No. I don't know. Okay, that one was definitely not as clear for me, but
0: Okay, Okay. Why why did you say?
1: Or like, think of. I Pisces. just
0: think it it seemed very Pisces. I don't know.
1: I think if it vibes. had been a word other than vibes, vibes is what threw me off. Okay. If it had been like, wait, say it again.
0: What's the souls line? Souls recognize each other by vibes, not appearances. Oh, See, if it, my Pisces like, moon like understood that. Oh, <laughs> can't relate.
1: Um, <laughs> I guess if it if it had been like souls recognize each other by the way they shine.
0: Or something like something more poetic vibes just okay yeah uh. but I mean this is a man also okay two more um two more yeah yeah. no uh, I hope other people are playing along at home I know me too wait let's do three more wait there's so many good ones three more okay okay next one is I'm a very chill and laid-back person looking for real love heart emoji which is something concrete and life-lasting. Hopefully getting married too, fingers crossed. Have no boundaries, smiley face. Please don't play and waste my time, can't take heartbreak. Yes, this is what we're dealing with on Bumble, people, please. (laughs) I'm gonna read it one more time. Okay. I'm a very chill and laid back person, looking for real love, which is something concrete and life-lasting. Hopefully getting married too. Have no boundaries. Please don't play and waste my time. Can't take heartbreak.
1: Everything up until no boundaries was like Taurus to me. Okay. It's not Taurus? I know. Because Taurus do have boundaries.
0: Uh-huh.
1: A Libra also has a lot to do with partnership
0: and relationship.
1: Mm-mm. It's the bound- oh, Cancer?
0: Yeah! <laughs> 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 oh, I totally
1: forgot about cancers. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Home wow, and family. You're so
0: good. Yeah.
1: And no Can't boundaries. take
0: heartbreak. Can't take heartbreak. The
1: heart emoji.
0: Right. Come on. Right. Come on. Okay, this next one I think you'll get immediately. Yes, my hair is short now. Sorry. Leo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you say Leo? Um... <laughs>
1: Leo's ruled by the sun, associated with the lion, the lion's mane. They're
0: famous for their hair. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Actually, I'm just going to throw in two more Leo bios because they're funny. I'm amazing, and maybe you'll find out why. And willing to sell my soul for a haircut. <laughs> like, this is too just uncanny. Easy. I know. It's why too is this, easy?
1: Why is this not a game show? We'd be millionaires. Right um we should pitch a show a game show oh my gosh that would be incredible us hosting a game show
0: wow i mean your leo rising would be thriving right twitch is in the making
1: Mm
0: -hmm. um okay let us know if you'd be
1: interested in um a twitch live stream of
0: emily and i doing lots of this type of things um last one we're gonna end on a on an air sign so there's a hint Strippers do nothing for me. I like a strong, salt of the earth, self-possessed woman at the top of her field. Your Steffi Graffs, your Cheryl Swoops, but I will take a free breakfast buffet, anytime, any place. <laughs> yes, I swiped right. <laughs> the Gemini? No. Aquarius? Yeah. <laughs> what?
1: My I just gosh. love,
0: just so weird strippers do nothing for me i like a strong salt of the earth self-possessed woman at the top of oh okay i was not paying attention i'm not just like trying to backtrack but like that is so aquarius to be like right yeah what
1: is usually sexual to other people i don't care about it's not
0: yeah it's I, not i'm different enough. i'm unique but Ooh. also i'm
1: like unattached to you
0: <laughs> also don't wow.
1: i but they would be like, "No, nah, I'm not attached to you, but let's just keep go doing stuff because we're having fun.
0: Yeah, these are just the star signs. I mean, whenever there's a dating app that releases the whole chart, I mean, I am, <laughs> I'm done. I'm, I'm literally done. Oh my gosh,
1: you would never be able to do anything because you'd spend so much time just, <laughs> like, can you imagine if you knew the North, if you knew the Chiron placements of all these men? <laughs> Woo! Okay. Oh, Jesus any app developers out there want to help us out let us pop off
0: okay well wow that was fun thank you yeah you're welcome um this is what i do on on bumble yeah thank you to the men of bumble for being so that's yeah those are your zodiac stereotypes truly um all right speaking of dating um, today, we're going to talk about attachment styles, which is one of my favorite uh, things to dive into and something that is a great tool for self-awareness and especially when you're entering into relationships to know about. Um, mm-hmm. So It's less uh, marketable than, yes.
1: say, the Enneagram or the love languages or things like that, mm-hmm. but is perhaps more important because um it tells you it gives you kind of the roadmap of like things that were maybe like traumas or hurtful or patterns in childhood and how they affect how you relate to people um in particularly in romantic relationships um and so it's like a lifelong thing that you're working through so better to be aware of it than not
0: yes and We are not experts on attachment styles, but this is just a, um, an intro into what we have learned and how it's been helpful for us and, you know, giving tools for everyone to do their own research or bring this up in therapy or whatever you want to do with it. Um, but essentially, you know, humans are wired with a need for attachment because um, especially in prehistoric times, our ability to attach to our family, to our community, to our tribe, to our mother in particularly, or our primary caregiver was like a life or death situation. So our um, nervous systems are literally set up for needing attachment. Um, And so that is, how this all kind of comes in, and how there's a, there's a lot in our culture now about being really independent, Um, but truly our bodies are set up like to be interdependent with each other and to relate to one another, and it's literally a biological need to have like healthy attachments with other people. Um, And let me just say that like
1: through healthy attachments, and maybe this will be more clear when we actually start talking about them. When you have a secure attachment, which we will describe in depth, um, that is ultimately the most autonomous way to be in relationship yeah. with people um, because, yeah, it's just you existing in a relationship because you're confident in like who you are and secure in who you are and that partnership then even just like underlines that two thing when those people come into partnership together as opposed to being codependent in a relationship or being
0: anxiously attached to someone and like needing that for survival. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so there are three main attachment styles and sometimes a fourth or a fifth thrown in there depending on what um, researchers or psychologists you're looking at. But the three main attachment styles are secure attached secure attachment, anxious attachment, and avoidant attachment. So these are all ways of relating to each other that were imprinted onto us when we were born and like our earliest ways of relating with people. Um, that's kind of what our nervous system gets attuned to and how we recognize how to relate to other people and how to be safe. So if you think of like if your nervous system has um, – like levels, this would be your baseline lay- way of relating because this was the first time that um, these were the first types of relationships that were modeled with you, for you or that you were involved in. So it's interesting because there's all these layers of, you know, depending on what what was modeled for you. And we can see this even like just in the most mainstream of culture or TV shows or music, like you usually end up repeating whatever patterns that were um, in your household or that you saw most common, most regularly. And that's not just because you copy what you see, but it's really because um, your nervous system always wants to go back to what is safe. Or like normal and so if even if your household was the most chaotic even if there was abuse even if there were people leaving coming and going like that is your baseline and your normal so unless you really are working to change that that is what your nervous system is always gonna go back to and like that made so much sense to me once I learned about the actual like nervous system part of it because you always hear like oh you know, if you grow up in an abusive household, you're more likely to be in an abusive relationship. And I was like, I don't understand. I guess I could see that because you just do what you know, I guess. But when you take into account that your body actually attunes to that and sees that as the norm and you're going to keep creating that pattern, that makes so much sense to, more sense to me on like a biological level.
1: Right. And I remember I first started learning about attachment my freshman year of college. I was in a class on like child wellness, child welfare. Um, And we were talking about specifically attachment disorders and how Mm -hmm. um, like if, you know, the baby is um, like taken at birth and like doesn't have physical contact like with the mother, it it can develop like attachment Abnormalities and which are then like can breed or give rise to um, attachment disorders, where you know maybe you're like emotionally disconnected from people or things like that. But when you go through um, like things like that, your brain is in kind of this like coping, like fight or flight mode to uh, to just like thrive in whatever or right, just like, yeah. survive in like whatever um, mm-hmm. it's working against and so your brain will literally prune off um like in like when you're gardening you like prune off the weeds in Mm -hmm. plants conversation for another day um about weeds but um yeah and so because your brain is putting so much energy into like putting energy uh into things that will like help you in the present situation whatever it may be Mm -hmm. so you like literally like wither and wilt away the parts that, you know, would help you thrive otherwise. And so, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it's important that we, I don't know, just like are cognizant of that for kids developmentally.
0: For sure. Yeah. There's, um, and a cycle of secure attachment, or I guess just any sort of attachment, um, in kind of the, baby mother or baby caretaker baby father but primarily mother if we're thinking of like the biological connection where um the baby has a need so they cry or they try to communicate by crying or fussing or something um and if the need is met then the baby develops trust in relationships in the world because as a baby they're your relationships are your blueprint for how you're seeing the world. So it's not like you can rationalize and go, Oh, well, my mom, you know, doesn't meet my needs, but other people will. It's like, mm-hmm. no, my mom doesn't meet my needs. The world isn't safe and no one will ever meet my needs. Like that's just the blueprint, but in this secure attachment style. So if the needs are met, then the baby develops trust in the world and people and that they will be cared for and they will, they are calm again. And when they have another need, um, you know they communicate, and their need gets met again, and that cycle continues. So that's would be a secure attachment cycle. And then if there was an insecure attachment style, um, or an avoidant attachment style, anything other than secure, essentially the baby's need um, would not be met, and that would mean that they would learn that the world is not trustworthy and they can't trust people. And it can go two ways. They'll either protest, which which means like cry out more. If they're a toddler, they'll like throw a fit or they'll act out to try to get attention. Or they might just turn inward and avoid relationship and avoid like trying to get their needs met because they kind of just realize that it's hopeless. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's kind of how you can see the importance of like (laughs) babies and kids just in general. And there's so much controversy about like, you know, don't spoil a baby and babies need to learn that like, they need to like figure it out on their own and, you know, like cry it out and figure out their life. And it's like, we are biologically primed to need our primary caregivers and attachments in order to learn that we are secure and secure doesn't mean clingy secure means that you know your needs will be met so you're not anxious and you can learn to trust in the world and it's shown that kids who have that really secure attachment in the first three years of life are so independent and so brave and like actually are the kids on the first day of school or wherever that can just be like all right Bye mom, bye dad, because they know that they will come to pick them up at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. There's no anxiousness and there's no like not wanting to leave school because they don't want to go home with the parents, like avoidance. It's just trust in the world and trust that their needs will be met, which is like so beautiful and what the world needs. Wow. And we don't have to
1: go down this rabbit hole, but I'm just like theorizing over here about, you know, it's so much of how our parents or caretakers are relating with us that we learn these things, but also as like babies, as toddlers, as children, like watching how those people in our life interact with other people in the public sphere. So I'm wondering like with everyone wearing masks right now, it's so hard to, for children to like see the facial reactions or like how people are interacting or how they're speaking to one another, things like that. And so I'm wondering like long-term, what is that going to do for people being like emotionally aware or conscious Connected, of. yeah
0: yeah and that um idea of like you know parents and the people that raised you are just like the people that you were around when you were a baby um it's it's very tied in with like generational trauma mm-hmm. but more in that like if your parents are not able to be to meet their own needs and s- this is not a judgment on that parent themselves. There are so many external factors, um, especially like if babies are, are being born right now or like there are young kids right now, there are so many stressors that are happening that are um, adjusting the parent's nervous system to mm-hmm. something other than secure or something- Right, imagine giving birth right now. Exactly. You know? So there's this concept of co-regulation which is incredible. Basically, as humans, we can regulate each other's nervous systems. So that – and that can sound like woo-woo, but it's like if you are having a panic attack and there is a calm person right there with you and like breathing and like modeling breath – that's going to be a lot different than someone who's panicking and escalating with you. Mm-hmm. So co-regulation is the person with a more regulated nervous system, bringing everyone in their space, like down and attuning to their nervous system. It's what mammals mm-hmm. do. Like that is how we operate as humans. So babies will, and kids will co-regulate to their parents nervous system. So that is kind of how I view generational trauma where like, if the parents nervous systems are, out of balance which obviously they're going to be because we're human that is how the kids will attune and um you know there's so many other factors but that's just kind of like a simplification of how these patterns can get passed down um and just repeat themselves like like in generations
1: well and part of that then becomes you know if you have a parent who uh kind of is in like emotional turmoil or you know is stressed out all the time and that's apparent to the kids you'll have a kid who doesn't want to add to that right and so they'll Mm -hmm. internalize their own stresses their own emotions just so they can like be the one person in their parents life that isn't causing them more of that Mm -hmm. and then you know you have a life of undoing that sort of thing and Mm -hmm. you know we'll do another episode on co-parent or um reparenting yes um yep but Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy how much influence just like the two people that birth and raise you have over your entire life and how you process things. But um, let's get into these three attachment styles. So, yeah. um, So secure attachments. This is like, you know, you have a good relationship um, with people. It comes easily to you. It's not, it doesn't, fall to, um, like codependency on the one hand of, you know, needing to be with someone to be, to feel safe or secure or to like be okay. Um, and it doesn't go to the other direction, um, which we'll see with avoidant of, you know, you don't want to get too close to people because you're afraid that they'll leave Mm -hmm. or you're afraid of like what could happen if you show up authentically to them. Secure Mm -hmm. attachment is you are, um, like have a high view of your own self-worth and you have a high view of, um other people's self-worth and you're not Mm -hmm. afraid to show up authentically and you expect others to do the same
0: yeah just an overall trust in the world and like operating in relationships not out of fear but out of just knowing that everything's going to be okay which sounds amazing and I will add that it takes five years to change roughly five years to change your attachment style so Mm. I hope I'm almost there (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah secure securely attached people um you want to try to find those people and you want to try to become those people because, um, they are great, like regulators. And like you said, they're able to kind of meet their own needs, which doesn't mean that you, you know, everyone needs things in a relationship. And that's the point of being in a relationship, um, is to, you know, add things to your life, but securely attached people are, able for the most part to meet and validate a lot of their own needs because they were very much met and very much fulfilled um, as a child so that's kind of how we can see this show up in relationships which we touched on but you know we can try to reenact some dynamics that were imposed upon our nervous system as children Um, in our adult relationships, not just romantically, but even friendship patterns. Um, Mm. Subconsciously, our nervous system is always trying to create that sense of normalcy and safety. And even, which this like blew my mind when I like first started going to therapy, even try to repair experiences from childhood that are still like kind of an open wound. You can fall into relationship patterns, where you're subconsciously trying to like change the ending of the story. Maybe you had like a parent who left or like um, a parent who was really smothering. So you then um, like you just are drawn to really smothering people or you're drawn to people who are going to be emotionally unavailable and leave because your nervous system wants to prove to you that you're right and like this is just like the way that life is so this journey of like changing your attachment style and being aware of these patterns is such like a conscious one because all of this stuff is stuff is so subconscious Mm -hmm. which is difficult wow Yeah. yeah so then there's anxious and avoidant um and so anxious attachment um is well, I don't know. I'm like so far from anxiously attached, <laughs> but I've been with it. I've been around a lot of and been with anxiously attached people. But uh, essentially, they have
1: their an anxiety, always, right? There's always this fear that fear yeah. that the person in their life is going to leave, mm-hmm. or that they're going to. Um,
0: abandon them. Yeah. So these people are more clingy. They're a little bit more obsessive. Maybe they will kind of conflict avoid in order to just keep keep people close. But then they also have a lot of protest behaviors where these will be the people that will like call you a million times or like. um, Oh, yeah, I was reading. They're the people who
1: send like really long texts, like the morning after a date or like. Yes, yes, yes. um, Those type of things to just like yeah, it's, like, unhealthy type 2 Enneagram behavior is, like, yeah. what I equated to of, like, um, they just need you to know how much they love you and care about you, and they need you to need
0: them. They need the security back, yeah. Yes. Um, and, you know, who's the queen of anxious attachment style is Taylor Swift herself. Almost every <laughs> song has anxious attachment um in it, and when we that's get too anxious, probably why I can't listen to it because it's right, just it's like, like triggering that's like why it's triggering for me. Um, with anxious avoidant, we'll talk about why they always are drawn to each other. But I have a line from one of her songs that when I heard it, I was like, This is literally the anxious avoidant relationship pattern that she always falls into. Anyway, so <laughs> avoidance, um, then. Yeah, avoidant attachment
1: is going to be (laughs) people who, like, you know... Avoid
0: intimacy. Where,
1: yeah, where where do we begin? Okay, so avoidant attachment is going to be that you are uncomfortable being too vulnerable with your partner, or um, like you find it hard to really show up authentically because you're trying to subconsciously distance yourself because you believe in your heart of hearts that this person is going to leave, or that it's a threat to get too close or show up too authentically to them. Yeah. Um, and so this could be you know sourced in a childhood of like a parent leaving or I mean, there's abandonment with all of them, but um, like a parent leaving or not being like emotionally available or shutting down when um, like things get tough or yeah, all things like that. And so it's, it's hard because you like want to enter into a relationship with someone and you want to be with someone, you want that partnership, but you find it difficult to, like, really be present in the relationship because Mm -hmm. you're constantly, like, looking the other way um, in case you need to, like, flee. Yeah. And so you don't get too attached because you want to have, like, the freedom to, like, go off and go off on your own and do your own thing.
0: Right. It's very rare that you can see, like, two avoidant people together because they wouldn't necessarily, like, pursue each other because avoidant people are not They might be the initial pursuer, but once it starts getting close, like they'll back off a little bit. Um, And this is where we see the anxious attachment people and the Mm avoidant attachment people being drawn to each other because they're so polar and they really help each other fulfill this story. Like it helps avoidant attachment people fill the story of like, yep, everyone just wants to smother me and get way too close to me. And it's very uncomfortable and it fills the anxious attachment styles person story of like everyone leaves me no one wants to get close to me I'm the one that always has to try to like make people stay with me and want with want me
1: right Um, everyone has heard these narratives oh this
0: is the classic this is what every rom-com is based off of this is what every like tv show this is the paradigm of like American culture is the anxious avoidant and the Taylor Swift lyric I was thinking of is from um, uh, her song Daylight on Lover. And she sings, um, maybe you ran with the wolves and refused to settle down. Maybe I stormed out of every single room in this town. So she's essentially outing herself as like anxious, which we all know, like if you've ever listened to like Blank Space or any other song of hers, she's like, maybe I've stormed out of every room in this town, but you've been running with the wolves and refuse to settle down. So I'm gonna keep like storming after you and I'm gonna keep throwing fits because you refuse to give me what I need because she always goes for avoiding guys and emotionally unavailable guys. but this isn't a Taylor Swift dissertation because I could get into all the ways that she's (laughs) revealed why she has done that on folklore, but um, that's a whole other series. Mm. But yeah, this is the classic, the classic duo. Um, And it doesn't mean that it can't work. It just is a lot more communication and a lot more, um, a lot more intentional healing. You know, if you want to have like a conscious relationship because to be aware of each other's styles you know, and help each other get to that baseline of security. Right.
1: And hold each other accountable when they're, like, exuding these particular behaviors. It's the same thing, like, when you're using any other tool in relationships, the Enneagram, love languages, astrology, all these things, like, when you're aware of these things, you can use this as a common language to talk about, like, hey, you, um, I can tell that you are disintegrating to type five right now. Or, like, you know, I can tell that, I can see the way that, your wounds from, like, your attachment wounds are, like, coming to light right now. And so then you can use that. And so it's less, you're not attacking one another or you're not, and don't use this as, like, you know, with great power comes great responsibility, so they say. So, like, you know, use this as, Mm -hmm. like, a tool for compassion and empathy to be able to understand your partner better Mm -hmm. and also work through these things yourself
0: um and yeah yeah there's this thing too called earned attachment where oh i don't know about this yeah where two people you know with non-secure attachment styles so whatever they are can develop within their container of a relationship secure attachment and it's like earned attachment so if someone is avoidant in every other area of their life but in one of their primary relationships they're secure. Like that's an earned secure attachment with that person, which is, I love that idea because it's like, you can develop this safety and this trust with this person enough to create this container where you can be securely attached and you can like create that new nervous system blueprint.
1: Mm. Um, so
0: we see that too. Like I can think of, you know, multiple couples off the top of my head where I'm like, yeah, they've, they've definitely created this dynamic within their relationship that, um, that wasn't modeled for them in child in either of their childhoods, or that they, um, you know, haven't had in the past. But to choose to enter into that with each other is like this sort of privileged earned.
1: Wow! Style. And then you're reflecting that back to each other, and then you can watch it trickle into other yeah. areas of your life. Hopefully, um, yeah. Uh, If I can also uh, relay some song lyrics that I think are on brand, I was going to save this for our Inevitable Codependency episode. Um, So I love this song. However, I like, it's so hard for me to listen to it because I'm like, it's just feeding parts of me that it shouldn't. Um, So this is uh, Grow As We Go by Ben Platt.
0: Oh my gosh, I knew you were gonna say this actually. Really? Yes. Oh, we've never talked about them, No. Before. But we well, we've talked, I feel like we've talked about it. I mean we've ben talked play. about like Dear Evan Hansen, but like this is on not my, his music. This this song is on my like relationship manifestation playlist, but every time I, it comes on to that playlist, I'm like, I need to take this off because it's like oh.
1: <laughs> I know. I feel like I've put it on all of my like <laughs> toxic relationship playlist where I like banish songs that I'm not allowed to listen to anymore but also it's like sometimes I'm just like you know anyways it's just such a beautiful song and his voice is is. literally perfect so um let me just give a few lines here you say there's so much you don't know you need to go and find yourself you say you'd rather be alone because you think you won't find it tied to someone else Oh, who you say, who said it's true that the growing only happens on your own. They don't know me and you. I don't think you have to leave if to change is what you need. You can change right next to me. When you're high, I'll take the lows. You can ebb and I can flow and we'll take it slow and grow as we go.
0: Oh, I still love it. I know. It's so good, but maybe now we can, maybe we can view that now through the lens of an earned attachment container.
1: I don't know. Part of me is also <laughs> just like, because I've been in both perspectives of yeah. like, okay, yeah, like, we can make this work, or like, don't yeah. go, but also at the same time, like, when you know you need to, like, go do your own thing and, like, be yeah. independent and, like, whatever, like, yeah. you don't want people holding you back. I mean, it goes We're trying to convince you that, like, you don't know what you need to do.
0: Right. Trusting your intuition. Well, um, I can't believe you, like,
1: saw that Yeah, thing. that
0: song, like, comes for me Um, (laughs) but the other thing where this can show up in relationships is with breakups and Mm. um, especially if you haven't had a lot of experience with secure attachment or like you're not a securely attached person when a primary attachment in your life ends so like a breakup or a friend breakup or yeah those are probably the two main examples um, your nervous system, literally, it it gives the signal to, like, your brain and your body that you are dying. Like, this is a life or death situation because, um, you know, your nervous system is attuned to attachment. So, if this attachment is threatened, um, and you, you don't have the experience of being able to, like, meet your own needs and that the world is a trustworthy place and there's people that love you unconditionally, then this is a threat to your innate survival. So this could look like people who, like, dive really deep into relationships really fast and then, you know, even if they've been dating for, like, a month um, and the breakup feels like a divorce or something, like, just the really intense um, feelings that come from not being able to kind of stay in the present moment and like attuned to your nervous system um, the way that it needs to be cared for because of uh, previous attachments. So that, I mean, if anyone's going through a breakup right now, attachment theory was so helpful for me because it just, it like, validates you and in, in what you're feeling because it is real, um, because the way that you're wired, but it also kind of brings you back to reality and gives you like kind of that out of more objective context of like, okay, this is why I'm reacting this way. Like I'm not dying. This is not the end of the world. This is just like, um, something that I'm experiencing right now. And there's like hope in the future, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah.
1: Mm. And I'm also thinking we've been having so many conversations, especially in our birth chart readings recently, about, you know, if you're noticing patterns that you don't like, Mm -hmm. then you're stuck in this cycle. And the only way to break a cycle is to get out of it. Yeah. And then to do the work and then enter back into the cycle, but break the unhealthy or toxic pattern that you have been repeating or that you've been living over and over again.
0: Yeah. And you kind of have to do this through your mind, your like spirit or your emotions and also your body, like the actual work of reattuning your nervous system, which is what I talked about previously, but like been the most healing thing for me thus far, because I feel like I've worked a lot on the mind and the spirit portion of it but not the actual body and the nervous system rewiring mm-hmm.
1: and which this is, what is actually deeper, than breaks,
0: than yeah. deeper than just
1: like okay I'm eating the right foods I'm like exercising it's like okay but what are you consciously doing to rewire your yes. brain spine nerve connection
0: and you literally like the brain is fascinating you can literally rewrite your brain's uh, patterns I mean there's just insane studies and like one of the, the therapists that I work with, um, she was telling me about this study where they, I forget the details of it. I'm going to mess it up, but essentially they had like these patients in a medical setting. And this probably was not ethical. I don't know what they were trying to prove, but they, um, told patients that they were like bleeding out or, or something. And, when they weren't like they were like under, they're like going into surgery or something, um, and the patient would actually pass out just from the thought that they were bleeding out, even though nothing was happening biologically to mm. their body. Mm-hmm. And there's another example that I should have started with because I know this example more clearly. But in my birth school, um, with like hemadri- hemorrhage, hemorrhage, hemorrhaging, yes, women <laughs> hemorrhaging after birth so many times if there is a woman here, a woman there that will like go and look at the mom and be like, tell your uterus to stop bleeding right now. And the woman will stop bleeding. Or um, they will like just make a cup of tea and bring it to the woman and say, this is, when you drink this, you're going to stop bleeding. This has herbs that will make you stop bleeding. And it's just like green tea or whatever mm-hmm. and they will stop bleeding like the mind body connection is so intense
1: right and people will be like oh it's just a placebo oh like whatever and it's like, like okay but works. why are why does that offend you so much like that you're you have more control over your body than like pharmaceutical yeah. drugs like why is that so threatening to you like that's
0: beautiful
1: it's beautiful and also like imagine how much time money and energy you'd save if you could just like tap into your own like intuition, your own innate power and be like,
0: hey, body, remember me? I'm in charge. Stop bleeding. Yes. (laughs) You know? Goals. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many cool stories to look up if you're inspired to, you know, start rewiring your nervous system and your patterns because you are so more than capable of doing that. It's just difficult. Um, So many people choose not to and many people choose not even to become conscious of these patterns in the first place. But hey, if you're listening you can't turn back now. So better get started rewiring. Mm -hmm. Um, But some things you can do to to do that mind-body-spirit work um, is taking time to regulate your nervous system every day. So if you're operating at a baseline of stress, which most everybody is, taking time to meditate or to ground every day or to be in nature or take deep breaths, anything to just kind of remind your body that it doesn't need to be in stress fight or flight mode all the time.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast and they were saying that um, for women who are experiencing like menopausal symptoms, um, this particular like wellness center was like, before we like intervene in any like real or tangible way, like we recommend that they meditate for 15 minutes in the morning and 15 minutes in the afternoon. Mm. And they see a decrease in symptoms at like a rate of 50% in just a couple Mm of weeks.
0: Yeah. I know there's so many health benefits to meditation. And I feel like people just kind of are like, okay, it's magic in some way or whatever, but it literally it's just so scientific and physiological where you're just regulating the nervous system that controls your stress, which affects every part of your body. So of course Mm -hmm. you're going to be able to digest food better if you're not stressed. Of course you're going to be able to sleep better. Yeah. And your hormones are going to function more optimally and yeah, you're not going to react to things as explosively. So your heart rate's going to, and your blood pressure are going to go back to baseline. Like it's Mm. not as difficult as we've made it out to be.
1: Right. It's just a practice you have to commit to. And like you feel like we've said this before, but it's like, how much do you value yourself enough to commit to meditating for 10 minutes a day? Uh Uh-huh. Like you have the time. Mm -hmm. And if you don't cut something out or wake up 10 minutes earlier, or stay up 10 minutes later, like, you're worth it. Yeah. And your nervous system requires it.
0: True. And your healthy, conscious relationships that are awaiting you right. are awaiting for you to turn into this or to walk into this version of yourself that is ready for this. Because especially secure people, they're probably going to also be attracted to secure people because that's their baseline. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah. If you can't find one, just become one and then hopefully you'll find another one. (laughs) Right.
1: Well, and people are always ask me, they're like, oh, like are Enneagram types compatible or like, are are we compatible astrologically? And I'm always just like any healthy integrating person who is doing the work and striving to be the best version of themselves Mm -hmm. as an individual and showing up in the world in that way, is compatible with any other person doing the exact same thing Mm -hmm. as it relates to themselves.
0: Yep. Yeah. So what are some, um, in your, uh, theorizing or experience, like what are some traits to look for in to know someone's securely attached? Hmm. Like what would that look like in the world?
1: Okay. Well, just as like a, like more superficial one, but if I like go on a date with someone and they like text me immediately after Mm -hmm. some like long thing or like the next morning, I definitely like brought this up on the dating app episode, like that. And before I even knew about like attachment styles, that was like, uh, like, why are you so insecure about how the date was? Or like, um, like they want to like confirm like, Hey, you're still interested. it's like, uh, yeah. I'm a very expressive person. Like you would know yeah, if I was or was not. Um, and I've had people like on dates ask me throughout the date, like, how do you think this is going? Oh God. And I'm like, okay, it's one thing to check in and just be like, hey, are you interested? Should we keep doing this? And it's another thing to be like, um, okay, so like, are you having fun?
0: Yeah. Cause it, it's, that is gonna influence how then they are having fun. So it's like, I need to make sure that you're okay and you're good so that then I can be good because I don't have a baseline unless the person I'm relating to has that same baseline. That's like Mm -hmm. where anxious, anxiously attached people can um, lose sight of themselves kind of. Definitely.
1: Another thing for me to like check in with myself is I'm like very much to the point of so maybe as like stems from like a, like And anxiety is, like, for me, like, how much co-regulating I do in situations. Mm -hmm. So, like, in my my family, in my professional life, with strangers, you know, if I'm nannying, like, anything at all, whatever the other person is, like, experiencing, like, I feel a need to, like, balance that out. So, if someone, um, you know, I work with students. So, if a student comes in my office and they're, like, hysterical, like, upset about something, like, I'm, like, okay, I need to balance out the energy in this room. And so, if I feel that, like... In relationship with someone, romantic or otherwise, and I like feel myself not being able to show up authentically or react yes. how I want to, because I need to balance out the extremity yes. of their energy or lack thereof. Like that is a key indicator, like going off of like, okay, I'm can't show up as myself because this person is requiring me to be someone else for them. Yes, that's and such a good point. I can't do that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's such a good point. One in in making the distinction that you also can have different attachment styles with different people. So you could be securely attached with your friends, Mm -hmm. but you have an insecure attachment with your father. And so when you're dating, you tend to be attracted to more avoidant people. Mm -hmm. Or
1: um,
0: you could be the insecure attachment, insecurely attached person like in your friend group. But when you're dating, you're more avoidant, like those types of things. But also, oh, when you were saying that, um, yeah, it's it's not as if like, you know, it's, it's a really important and healthy part of a, like a partnership to be able to co-regulate with each other. But the distinction which you made is like, if you're always constantly having to show up as this person who can't fully express themselves, like that is a pattern versus for most of the time, you both are able to regulate your emotions. You're able to just be with each other authentically. And then when someone is in stress, then you are able to co-regulate, but that's not the norm. Um, and if that is the norm, then that is a sign that there's probably something really out of balance there. Yeah. Yeah. But but the attachment is just one thing that I want to stress that I, I've learned, like attachment is a good thing and being attached to people um, has so many like health benefits and and obviously other benefits, but just to your nervous system and being able to have the people that you're able to co-regulate with is a good thing. So there's, there is that balance of like, yes, you want to be able to meet your own needs. And also it's really beautiful and beneficial if you're with someone that their touch or their presence can bring you to a more calm state. Like that isn't Mm -hmm. codependency. Um, we are like interdependent. Um, but yeah, so that's a really beautiful thing and it's not anything like bad or unhealthy if you do need your partner or you know a best friend or a parent when you're having like the worst day of your life. Like that is actually a sign that you have healthy attachment to people and you're able to form close bonds and those bonds are meaningful, which is great. Right, because if you didn't reach out to people in those
1: situations, that would be leaning towards avoidant. Yeah. Right. Of just being like, no, it's easier for me to just do this on my yeah. own. Yeah. Wow. Then to show up like as a human in my most authentic form in like this raw state.
0: Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Scary. If you're avoiding an attachment. Right. I feel <laughs> like Aquarians like probably tend to be more avoidantly attached. Well, we know they don't care for strippers. so.
1: <laughs> or well, what was that? Is that what it said? <laughs> oh my gosh okay a new addition to our future dating app we're gonna add attachment styles on oh it's my gosh can honestly, you can imagine?
0: honestly you know what we should be matchmakers
1: yeah because okay just- if you like are looking for a partner reach out to us and we'll like bring you on a blind date on an episode with like,
0: else. they literally show up and we're like okay take this enneagram quiz give us your birth chart info take this attachment style quiz like We will freaking figure you out and find your match.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: Like, all of these dating shows. This is going to be a new offering on our – Right. All these dating shows that are just like, oh, like, you guys will be good together because you both work in HR. It's like, no, no, no. Let's get to the childhood wound patterning.
1: (laughs) Right. Where's Chiron in your chart? (laughs) Wow.
0: Oh, we're so annoying. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh man all right well um as always we're obviously not experts on yeah. I mean not as Just, always some things we are experts on but um okay. like <laughs> we're not experts on this we're telling you what has been helpful to us um and what we know and we hope that you will take this information and deep dive into yeah the internet or your local library um, or your podcast app, uh, after you finish listening to ours. And yeah, speaking of our podcast, if you want to go subscribe and leave a review, we would greatly appreciate it. Um, follow us on Instagram if you're not already. So you can be the first to know about giveaways or new offerings, Mm. things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah,
0: we have 14 ratings. I love that. Think wow, so. but I keep rating. We need more reviews. So. Yes, we do.
1: So please go ahead and do that. Um, as always, thank you for listening, spending some time with us on this Thursday or whatever day you listen. Um, if you have any episode topic requests, shoot us a DM on Instagram.
0: Yeah. All right. Have a great rest of your day. Bye. Bye.